Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, we are in the middle, I think, of our series on the Beatitudes in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and uh, today we come to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the uh, peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Children of God, right. Ch- children of God, if we make it uh, more generic, gen- right. gender neutral. right? <laughs> and we are trying to be all things to all people here, you know, by pleasing them all. So. Well, you know, that has been uh, quite the uh, development over the last 40 or 50 years in terms of the uh, gender neutrality of the Bible. But the truth is that the uh, expression son of God is really kind of an important Hebrew term. It means the uh, you know, those that are, in fact, uh, serving God. Uh, it basically refers to those who serve God. We'll get to all of this, as we have been wont to do here in this series, to kind of, you know, look at some of the words. Exactly. And as we have in the pra- past weeks on this series, you know, we've been focusing on that core translation of blessed, right. m- meaning, you know, happy are those, uh, happy are the peacemakers, joyous are the peacemakers, right. for they shall be called children of God. That is right. So, uh, yeah, uh, blessed... Going back to the uh, Aramaic and uh, so forth is really a term that refers to joy and blessing and and uh, happiness and uh, contentment and those kinds of things. So, uh, by the way, I should thank uh, one of our listeners who uh, caught me last week. I guess I was uh, conf- not confused in my own mind, but I, I basically had a slip of the tongue a couple of times that uh, Jesus did teach in Aramaic, not Arabic. I guess I uh, slipped back and forth between Arabic and Aramaic, but... Yes, Jesus spoke and taught in Aramaic, and the Aramaic of blessing is about experiencing joy and happiness. Well, I appreciate that uh, we have loyal listeners so dedicated to the uh, the correctness of the content. That's great. Well, it is, and uh, we obviously have some very educated listeners because, uh, you know, it's not a kind of an everyday piece of knowledge that... Uh, Jesus taught in Aramaic. <laughs> I'm more than willing to tell you I couldn't have caught you on that one myself. I just wouldn't have been able to. Well, there's probably people out there that, that literally think that Jesus taught in English. but uh... <laughs> Well, he does in all the movies. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does in all the translations that we read. Uh, so, okay. Uh, well, let's get after this because uh, I think that uh, there's some important uh, implications here uh, for those of us that have struggled with addiction. So uh, the key word in this uh, obvious um, passage is uh, the word peace. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. We've got to take into consideration the, the idea of maker. Uh, so again, going back to uh, some of the original languages, in the, the Greek, there's a Greek term here for peace, which literally means kind of like the peace you experience uh, in uh, wartime and that kind of thing. And then there's the original uh, Aramaic, uh, which uh, kind of gets after a more holistic uh, way of looking at this, but uh, at least the commentator, Dr. Uh, uh, William Barclay, that I have been studying for this series, uh, really uh, uh, locks in on the the Hebrew word for um, peace, which I think all of us recognize, and that is the word shalom. 
I think one of the the initial things for us to think about is that first of all, you know, let's just understand that. And I was impressed with this last night when I was studying this. That um, the Hebrew as a language, and and certainly the Hebrew faith is a lot more holistic, meaning that uh, some of the words have a much broader meaning than sometimes the single meanings that we try to bring to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this word shalom is no different. Like you and I were speaking before we started the show today, and I had run across John fourteen twenty seven. Um, Jesus gives us peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That comes from John fourteen twenty seven, yeah. and And that lets you focus on that word peace. As you're defining it uh, and giving it a more fine-tuned uh, definition, uh, I think it brings additional impact to the statement. Well, shalom um, uh, in Hebrew, the reason I think it's uh, holistic is that uh, it's not just about the absence of something, it's also about the presence of something. So, mm-hmm. in other words, I think uh, normally if we just look at the word and we think of peace, we think of uh, freedom from trouble. We, we think we're, we don't have any conflict, uh, war is over, or uh, some kind of argumentation has uh, ceased. We, uh, we feel the absence of trouble. Um, but the word shalom, holistically, also means the uh, enjoyment of good, uh, so when we say to someone, shalom, we mean we, we hope that you have freedom from trouble, but we also hope that you have good things in your life. Well, and it seems to me, Mark, that that word shalom has really gained some popularity in the last 25 or 30 years that uh, uh, Jews and non-Jews alike mm-hmm. have embraced the term because it, it does have such a powerful, uh, that that's a powerful blessing to be leaving someone with. Yeah, that is true. So... Um, Let's uh, get to one of the first uh, important points about this, and uh, that is that uh, the statement there by Jesus is, blessed are the peacemakers, and um, distinguish, he didn't say peace lovers. Uh, In other words, peace lover could be a person who at all costs wants to have the freedom from trouble. Right, enjoys living a life free from trouble. Right. And... uh, uh, Dr. Barkley was making the point that, and I, you know, really kind of get this, that those that uh, are peace lovers will sometimes avoid conflict when maybe they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in other words, they should maybe stand up to something or they should work for something that is good as opposed to just uh, trying to achieve peace at all costs. And when I when I think about our population of people in the healing uh, journey, in recovery from sexual addiction, both, you know, husbands, wives, couples. Um, It's all too common that, you know, some of our people are just avoiders of conflict. They they just want to uh, not have any kind of conflict. And we sometimes, uh, at least historically, have used the term codependent. And uh, we're not big fans of that term because it's been overused and misused a lot. But if you are kind of a placator, which right. is a way of saying um, you love peace at all costs. You're gonna you're gonna keep conflict down. You're gonna avoid trouble. Uh, that means sometimes you're not gonna be true to yourself, and you're not gonna be true to your faith. And that's not what Jesus is talking about. No, here. he's no. not talking about peace lovers. He's talking about peace makers. And I think uh, uh, I just want to challenge our listeners that this, like some of the other beatitudes, is a uh, is a beatitude about 
uh, action. It's not necessarily just a bad attitude about a, a feeling. It's about, it's about doing something. Well, peacemakers not only live peaceful lives, but also try to bring peace and friendship to others. And, and and to preserve the peace between God and man. That's right. We're going to get to that because there's. I'm going to get to three different ways we can interpret that word shalom. Well, I just love that you have done such a great job with with your homework as usual. That's great. Well, you know, I uh, I don't want to sound like a, you know I'm some great biblical scholar because as many people know that is not true. But I would say this, and I've said it before in this series that. Uh, I have discovered a new depth to these scriptures by um, taking the time to uh, read some people who are, you know, very um, astute uh, scholars of language. I'm just recognizing, Randy, by the way, that I, I think sometimes if I had to do my doctoral work over again, I think I'd go into linguistics, but because I am always fascinated by it. And But that be uh, as it may, I'm not, I don't have time for that. I think if I went back to graduate school now, somebody would kill me. I think her name is Debbie. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway. The name's familiar. The name is familiar. Well, you know, th- you know, one of the great things today, um, and you did it too in preparation, is we can go online. I mean, right. back in the old days, I mean, I have in my office, I have musty volumes of uh, Bible commentaries, I mean, that I bought back when I was in seminary because some professor told me, you know, you had to have it. my study needed to have those. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, there, are, there are volumes up in my office that I have not opened since I bought them. <laughs> I mean, they still have the original cover on them. And uh, today, you know, you can go online, and uh, there's so many Bible programs, even, you know, free ones that uh, you can get right after the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, you know, it is just uh, fantastic. So, you know, I have just been uh, really enjoying uh, getting back into that. Well, with the condition that those resources are in, you could, speaking of online, you could go on eBay right. and, and, and start selling these books um, in their brand new form, you know. Probably so. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, Mark, let's do this. Let's take our break right now, uh, unless there's another point that you want to make about this first uh, definition. Let's just reiterate something sure. that we said earlier, and then we could go to break, I think, uh, and then we can go to these three possible uh, meanings of the word shalom. But uh, uh, it's to go back to the uh, you know, uh, sons of God or children of God. Um, the, the term here that's actually in the Greek that Matthew is writing in is sons of God. But uh, sons of God is a term to refer generically to people, gender nonspecific, um, that basically are doing God's work. That's the title that's given to anyone who is doing God's work. So blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. That means they are the ones who are doing God's work. And to reiterate the main theme of this series, if you are doing God's work, you are going to experience blessing. We're going to take our break right now. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops 
led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week uh, comes to us from down under. Uh, we have listeners around the world, and uh, one of my favorite listeners is down in Australia. And I can't obviously identify any more than that, but he uh, uh, writes in that uh, his trigger this past week has been the, strangely enough, election cycle that's going on in Australia. Uh, we Americans are so provincial, we don't even think about what's going on in other countries. I guess the last couple of weeks we've been thinking about this uh, British thing, the Brexit or the exit out of the European Common Union, but uh, but I was not even aware that uh, uh, Australia was having elections too. But as he described the elections down there, it sounds uh, like they they're facing choices that nobody likes. And uh, he said that it, it's just a trigger to him. It gives him a great uh, deal of anger. And historically, one of the ways he obviously medicated his anger was to you know sexually act out. So. Uh, and as I was thinking about it, uh, I, I've almost gotten to the point where, uh, you know, I love watching watching the national news, uh, and uh, but it's hard to watch. I mean, some of the stuff that's going on, this, these uh, uh, candidates, you know, back and forth tweeting and yelling and, you know, whatever they are doing. And, you know, I have to think that uh, this is one of the most... Uh, obnoxious election cycles that I've personally ever witnessed. Well, it's certainly volatile, that's for sure. And and it has, because of social media, it has really manifested itself in a, in a, in a firestorm of commentary from the average individual. And, uh, and some people, you know, their day is not complete unless they've gone on Facebook or whatever and just, you know, uh, trying to share their opinion. And there's just a lot of there's a lot of angst out there. Well, the angst, angst, you know, it leads to coping, and coping amongst our population leads to uh, acting out. So the election this year, that is our trigger of the week. So we'll date ourselves for anybody listening to these broadcasts five years from now, but uh, assuming our country is still here, uh, given who we may elect uh, this coming November. Well, may God be with all of us and with all of the candidates, because yeah. I have never seen a time where it was more vital for us to be turning to God for direction, for influence, for... Uh, I I have no idea what God's plan is. We never do. But we know that uh, you know our faith tells us that He has one. He has one, and that uh, you know, as we're uh, recording this, uh, we're just a day or two away from the 4th of July, and... Uh, you know, let us just uh, be grateful for America, and God bless America. Well, um, all right, let's go back to Shalom, um, which... Uh, <laughs> which is never more than right this moment do we need uh, a heavy dose of Shalom. Well, that is, in fact, the case. And, uh, well, you know, 
we could segue and say that you know there's there's elements of the uh, current election cycle which are not I mean the people involved are not peacemakers they they talk about wanting peace but they're you know uh, making such outrageous statements that um, they are not uh, you know in terms of my definition uh, peacemakers um, but three things to think about when we think about uh, the word shalom which is you know um, what Jesus is teaching here uh, about blessed are the peacemakers, the ones who are doing something, the, the children of God who are involved in doing God's work. So the first thing that shalom uh, can mean is uh, doing um, the highest good for people. It's uh, like uh, saying to yourself on a daily basis, how uh, can I today make the world a better place? Uh, how can I serve someone? How can I uh, be involved in good work? Uh, how can I um, improve uh, somebody else's uh, lot in life or some other situation? Um, I'm, you know, I was just thinking as I, as I was talking that uh, our local Christian radio station KTIS has kind of a campaign going on Fridays. The, what do they call it? Uh, Pay it forward Friday or something like that, where you're going through the uh, the line at a fast food place and uh, you pay for your order, but then you pay for whatever the order is for the person, the behind, person behind you. Mm-hmm. Behind you. And uh, so the other person gets to the window and gets surprised by kind of an act of goodness. Um, the reason I like that example is because it's not, you know, earth shattering. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. uh, something, you know, big, uh, but it is doing something uh, to serve someone and, and make that person's day a better day. And I think, you know, that's what a peacemaker does. He he makes somebody's day uh, a better day, or he, in whatever activity he's, activities he's doing, he tries to make the world a better place. And, you know, as, as um, Christ followers, I think we should always be looking for ways that we are serving in that regard. Well, I have actually had the opportunity to uh, enjoy being in that situation, both as a recipient and as a giver. And uh, there, uh, there's a reward on both sides of it. It yeah. does surprise you. Uh, it, it happened to me going through the drive-thru at the Dairy Queen one day, someone in front of me had, and so it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of woke me up. Yeah. And, and I just thought, wow, that's terrific. I, I really appreciate that. And, and when you find yourself doing that, uh, I'm a regular, uh, like you are, at Kowalski's. On my way in in the morning, I buy a muffin. Yeah. So I pretty much know what my tab is every day. It's going to be $1.89. Well, there's a lot of other people headed to work doing that. And when you see someone fumbling for change and all that kind of thing, I have quite frequently now just saying, I've got it. And and it just it catches people so off yeah. guard, mm-hmm. and yet they just it puts a smile on their face, and, and they, sure. they take their, their bag and head out of the store, and, and you've kind of jump-started their day in the right direction. Yeah, so it could be the beatitude is, uh, um, blessed are the muffin payers. <laughs> <That's> because <right>. Do you <laughs> know the muffin be, man? Yeah, yeah, do you know the muffin man? Well, you know, seriously, I, I, I do think that's a great example. I mean, it's making someone else's day a better day. It's giving someone a sense of, of uh, joy and happiness. It's maybe even providing a treat for someone who otherwise couldn't afford it. Um, I think um, a peacemaker is a person who is not thinking about world peace. I mean, uh, we, we all should be thinking about that and praying for that. But on the other hand, I mean, I think in our day-to-day lives, just in our you know, individual relationships, that's where we should be looking to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. 
So that's the first idea. You know, we're always looking to make the world a better place. Number two, um, the word shalom talks about inner peace, and um, it basically is speaking to the conflict that all of us have on a daily basis uh, between doing good and evil. And this is one of the places where I think it uh, really speaks to our population because the average addict is well familiar with that spiritual warfare that goes on inside of our heads. Uh, it's uh, uh, what Paul teaches in Romans seven fifteen. you know, the good that I would, I don't do. The evil that I hate, that is what I do. We're in constant conflict. We know what is the right thing to do, and we don't always do it, uh, or we don't always avoid sin, and uh, we are conflicted. So uh, a peacemaker is a person who is constantly uh, spiritually striving to bring his uh, sense of, uh, of right into uh, the main decisions that he makes. So uh, it's, it's getting free as best we can of that in, internal tension uh, between the messages of Satan and the messages of the Holy Spirit. And it's choosing to listen for the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we are going to be doing the next right thing. And you're right. Our listeners are uh, those that we deal with on a daily basis. That's not a, a situation or a conflict that, that uh, shows up every once in a while. This is a multiple times per day uh, conflict for them. They're going to be confronted with this where they have the opportunity to choose which, which direction they're going to go. That's right. So, you know, I was thinking about this uh, in terms of our population, and I know sometimes uh, we look for scripture verses that we can have memorized and uh, that we can, boom, just, you know, bring to mind. And uh, I know the average guy who comes here uh, in the early days of their recovery, you know, they're really struggling with that uh, breaking of the, the habits that they've been doing for years and years and years. And I'm simply suggesting one of the scripture verses that you might memorize is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. So the next time you're faced with that moral dilemma, you're sitting in front of your computer, uh, do I, in fact, go ahead and look at the pornography or not? Do I, in fact, uh, proceed with talking to that woman, given the possibility of having an affair? Think of the verse, be a peacemaker. Uh, come to that place inside yourself where you're following good and not evil. And what a wonderful and blessed way to handle a trigger when a trigger hits you out of nowhere to be armed with that comeback. That's exactly it. And then that might be just enough to snap you out of uh, what is sometimes what I otherwise call uh, the coma that you're in. You know? Right. Be, right. A, be a peacemaker. Be, be a, a, a son of God or a daughter of God. Be a, be a person who's willing to do God's work. And, and, and however small you might think the decision you're facing is, you know, it, it is in fact um, a symptom of your interior, internal, spiritual life. We all need to be at peace with ourselves and, and be doing what our heart, spirit, soul is telling us to do. Well, and for me, it strikes me as a direct correlation to your principle of taking every thought captive. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. One of the ways to take every thought captive, I believe, is to look at our decisions as being peacemaking decisions. Oh, that's great. All right, number three. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing to me, by the way, that this Dr. Uh, Barkley can get all of this stuff out of, you know, one word. But uh, then when he starts teaching about it, he said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, number three is, um, I think one of the ones that we would uh, uh, normally think of, and that is 
peacemakers make peace between each other. Uh, so that if we're having conflict in any of our relationship, a peacemaker would seek resolution, would seek uh, reconciliation, uh, would seek to do the things that would uh, uh, bring that relationship back into uh, a healthy status. So, you know, here's one of the main places where I think, you know, this uh, beatitude is relevant to our population. The first thing that most of our people that come here need to do is establish peace in their own home. They need to establish peace between a husband and wife. I mean, the the conflicts that we see in here, uh, the angers and the um, the uh, the venom that uh, sometimes comes out. Um, I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to uh, all of us need to be reconciling. And there's there's certain steps that we uh, talk about that are important to that. I think one of the uh, the main things uh, to be a peacemaker. Uh, is to be willing to own your own junk, to be willing to make uh, confession, to be willing to uh, admit when you're wrong, to be able to go to someone you've offended and apologize for having offended them. Um, that goes a long way, I think, in terms of, of reconciling. So in other words, peacemakers are, are um, um, people who are not afraid uh, to own and confess their own mistakes and to go to other people and and apologize and ask, you know, in some cases how they can make amends and, and that kind of thing. So uh, from our marital relationships, I think most of us probably have any number of uh, relationships that could stand some, uh, some peacemaking in them. Well, this is, uh, this, today's show especially, you know, it seems to be quite, uh, to me, enlightening as far as defining not only shalom, but uh, the but the power behind God's intention of us being peacemakers. I mean, it's it's powerful stuff. And and like we have said with all these beatitudes, Mark, you know, at the end of the day, they're all intended. It's God's invitation for us to become closer to Him. Yeah, I think the the last, not the last. I hesitate to think anything is the last. But one of the main uh, takeaways from all of this is that when we are uh, the Beatitudes are an ongoing indication that when we follow God's commandments, when we, when we uh, take Jesus' teaching seriously, when we seek uh, through our own life to you know, walk with Christ and do the things that we know are the right thing to do, that will bring us joy. That will bring us happiness. Uh, it seems at times I know to the average addict out there for sure counterintuitive. You know, they have <laughs> taken, you know, the easier, softer, uh, more immediate way to find instant gratification. But um, believe me, I do think that those of us that uh, can get this shalom word right, uh, there will be a tremendous sense of joy to that. As they said in, uh, in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you are finding great benefit and, uh, and joy and instruction uh, with this series that we're uh, enjoying having the opportunity to bring to you on the Beatitudes. Until we join you again next week, we hope that the following week will be filled with many blessings and great vision.
You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.